always love being part of these teachings. And there's a lot of depth to this one, as we've mentioned, if you've been along for the ride. Uh, and Rosh Hashanah, is, uh, there's a lot going on, a lot of celebration, the, the trumpets, uh, the joy, the uh, you know, all of this that's coming together. And uh, we just last break, we're talking about Gimel, and we're talking about all that it means. And you mentioned at the end of that, you're talking about this upcoming year and the ending in three and uh, the number side of Gimel here. So yeah, there's so much to these things. Yeah. Everything in Hebrew is so thick with meaning. <laughs> yes. So since we're starting with the year, it's 5783. So we're going to look at three. What is, I mean, how significant, think about when you read scripture. I want you to think about all the threes you run into and how significant a number, because I mean, how often do you run into the one or the two or the four or the seven or the 12? Some numbers really stand out. And three is one of the most important numbers. And here's why. The number three, or Gimel, speaks of perfection or completeness. So how important is it? Well, the Godhead is made up of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why? Because complete and perfect. See, in Hebrew, even that note of that, you know God is complete. He's perfect. There's no more. You don't need a bunch of gods. Our God is Echad. He's one. He's it. That's right. So God is called Omni or All because everything about God is perfect and complete. Same thing. Many aspects of creation are in threes. Time is past, present, future. Mm. Human ability is thought, word, and deed. There's three types of matter, animal, vegetable, and mineral. Three's kind of tied into the world, isn't it? The tabernacle and the temple, which are designed by what was already in heaven, it says, had three divisions. The outer court, the holy place, the inner court, and the most holy place. The Ark of the Covenant had three things in it. The gold jar of manna, Aaron's budded staff, and the tablets with the commandments. There's three pilgrimage feasts, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. God's name, Yehovah comes from three words. Haya, he who was. Hova, who, he who is. And Yeh, he who will be or is to come. That's also echoed in Revelation 1-4. There's three fathers of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days. Satan tempted Jesus three times in the wilderness. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus repeats the phrase, feed my sheep, to Peter three times to restore him. Jesus was crucified beginning at the third hour of Passover. Jesus goes back in the Garden of Gethsemane to pray three times. There are three woes called out by the eagle in Revelation, first foreshadowing terrible judgment. Jesus was in the grave three days. Mm. Jesus rose after three days. In Jewish culture, three days, by the way, three days past the time of death indicated they were truly dead. You're a little dead, but now you're all the way dead. So therefore, <laughs> Mostly dead. So therefore, <laughs> Jesus totally, completely, perfectly conquered death mm. by not rising until the third day. That's yeah. for, for what that's worth. So now here's the thing. When we talk about three in terms of God, you can't focus on one aspect of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit without focusing on all three because they're one as well. But the Holy Spirit, who is the three of the Trinity, three in one, is the primary focus of our study and prophetic look at 5783 in Gimel. So we're going to hyper-focus a bit on him. We can't believe rightly in God without believing in the Trinity, even though it may be hard for you to wrap your brain around. The fact that they are one and all equal and therefore all God indeed, not believing in the Trinity is what makes Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses cults, not Christians. It's also what makes Judaism incomplete. It's our Old Testament, 
But without Jesus, it's incomplete. Mm. See, in Judaism, the Jews do not believe in a trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is why a lot of the, the stuff that we talk about, the feasts and the festivals, they're wonderful if they point to Jesus. Without pointing to Jesus, they're going to lead you down a very wrong path. All right? Mm. So because they didn't follow after Jesus, didn't receive him, that's why the teachers of the law reacted so strongly, murderously, when Jesus claimed to be God and one with God, because that didn't that didn't compute. The doctrine of the Trinity is not really plainly revealed in the Old Testament, but it absolutely everywhere when you're aware of its truth and you're looking for it, we can't rightly understand the significance of the Hebrew number three, Gimel, without grasping that truth. So let's start at the beginning. Genesis 1-1 tells us, In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. The name Elohim, which means strong or mighty, is plural. But it's joined with a singular verb. Now, when Elohim refers to false gods, it takes a plural verb. It means there's multiple gods. So Elohim is plural. Mm -hmm. When Elohim speaks of the living God, it always is used with a singular verb. So it's clear that God is both singular and plural, which is the doctrine of the Trinity. Within the nature of the one God, there are three eternal persons. The plural name with a singular verb is an anomaly, which suggests the unity of the Godhead. So in Genesis 1, we have the first indication of the Trinity. But the primary point of the verse, though, is simply that God is one, as opposed to the many gods of false religion. Isaiah 54 says, For your maker is your husband, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Jehovah of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God, the whole earth is he's called. So this Holy One, your Redeemer, this maker, that's kind of significant because we're following Jesus, our Redeemer, right? So the word maker is Asah. In Hebrew, guess what? It's also plural. We know it's speaking of Yeshua Jesus because he's our bridegroom. So it's the second plural word that speaks of God. Now listen to Isaiah 48. Come near to me, hear this. I've not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, I was there. And now Adonai, Yehovah, the Father, and his Ruach, that's the Holy Spirit, have sent me. It's obviously Yeshua Jesus speaking. Thus says Yehovah, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Again, obviously Yeshua. I am Jehovah, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. <coughs> there is just no way to read that apart from it being the three persons of the Trinity. The doctrine of the Trinity was left for the New Testament, but the Trinity is foreshadowed throughout the Old Testament. In fact, if we go back just one verse later in Genesis 1-2, now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and... The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. What is this Holy Spirit we're going to talk about? Number one, what is the job he does? It's presence. He's present. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. One of the verses from Judges. So he judged. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring wisdom. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come near you. He's talking to Saul. And you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. All right, so the Spirit of God brings prophecy and transformation. I'll put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you'll keep my judgments and do them. All right, the Holy Spirit is, if you're struggling obeying God, the Holy Spirit is the key to that. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Again, this soon deals with power. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. All right. So, again, the job of the Holy Spirit, it's understanding. 
but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. So the ability to witness comes from the Holy Spirit. So that's just the, the scratching of the surface there. Two more to go. But that's the, the three of Gimel. We're going to look at the, the actual word, Gimel. What does it mean? And we'll, we'll get to those camels, too.